Welcome, welcome, welcome to Push Talk Real Talk with Dom. Hello, everyone. I pray and hope that all is well and that you can see God moving in your life. And if you don't see him moving, just know he is moving in the background. Okay? He may even have you going through a testing season where he's seeing if he was to be quiet in your life, not absent, but quiet in your life, how you would act. Would you go and try other gods? Would you try to go on and do things without him, even though he got you in the waiting season? (laughs) You know, he's funny like that. I love him for that too, though. But my Lord, me and him, we just had this amazing discussion this morning. And I just thank him for the, the, you know, the way he created the woman. Especially in the household. Now, yes, I am single. Like I always say, I'm single as a dollar bill. But he has me preparing for my future. And I see how he's going to use me in my future home. Because of the things and the way he's using me now. And how he's using me, I should say now. My daughter, my Lord, I just... Thank God for our relationship. It started last week. You know, she's going through some some changes with her friends. And she's just been opening up to me about it. And about her emotions, about her frustrations, about her fears, about, you know, the disappointments in life. And how she feels about the disappointments. Just different things. She just opened it up to me. And I'm just so honored because, you know... I didn't have that opportunity of being able to be open with my mother or even with my stepfather, you know? And I see other children that try to open up with their parents and their parents just shut them down. Like, you know, don't give them that opportunity of being open and, you know, let them know what you're going through. It ain't nothing, you know, belittle what they're feeling and what's going on in their life. And... I just thank God for just opening my eyes to those things and showing me how to be a great mother to my daughter and to my future children, whether it's through um, marriage or adoption or whatever God has for me, because he's showing me different things. So, you know, I just, my prayer has been, you know, just help me to be a good wife, a good woman, a good mother, a great daughter a great sister, a great steward, a great servant, teacher, preacher, whatever you have called me to be. Just help me to be good and great at it, okay? Show me, guide me, lead me all the way. Take anything that's in me that is in the way, remove me out the way from being the woman, the mother, the wife you have called me to be. And he is doing that. He really, truly is doing that. And I thank him for that. I know I mentioned many times in different episodes just how powerful we as women are. And we don't have to, you know, operate in our masculinity that we can walk in grace. We can be sweet, nurturing, and caring, and still be powerful. And especially if you're preparing to be in a home where there's a man there, there's no need for you to be manly, you know? You being a woman, you being womanly is powerful enough. 
you know he's showing me how we as women the influence that we would have on our household you know the way the man will lean on us for support he will also lean on us for counsel okay God didn't create the bosom, the breast of a woman for her children to lay on, but also for her husband. It's not just the children's safe space to lay on the woman's breast. It's the man, too. And, you know, we can lay on the man's chest, too. Like, it's, some, it's so peaceful to do so, you know, just to lay and to hear the heartbeat, you know. And if you don't, if I mean, if you... Like, pay attention to your heart rhythm after laying on someone's chest. You'll notice that your breathing will match their breathing. You know, your heart will flow with their heart. Like, the heartbeat will, will match it. <laughs> Unless there's some kind of health condition and it may be a little flutter fast or whatever and whatnot. But your breathing will match. And... I used to see and test that with my kingdom spouse. Like, I would lay on him. Just to see if it would happen. And I would notice, like, he would bring me calmness. Because I was, oh, I had so much anxiety back in the days. And I used to let him know all the time, like, man, you're my safe space. You know, I love being in this bubble with you. You make me feel protected. You make me feel like a woman. And he would say the same to me. Like, yeah, you. I love the way I feel in this bubble in this space, too. So it was mutual. And it's by God's design. It's by his design. That's why I can see also why he ripped us apart. Because we, again, we weren't going in the right direction. If we weren't going to commit and do right by God, then, you know, I got to separate y'all until y'all both ready to do it right. But I'm seeing, you know, just in looking in the Bible and seeing how the kings, how they will rest on the woman. How they would talk to the woman about the things that they had to face and go up against. And how they trust that woman to, you know, help them with that situation and circumstances. You know, and how the woman, her soft ways, her graceful ways can bring his temperament down. He'd be ready for war. He'd be ready to cut somebody's head off. And the woman's just presence, her grace can just soothe them down. Wait a minute. Okay? I I can't remember the, the lady's name, but she had to speak on behalf of her husband because he was acting foolish towards King David, you know, and King David needed a place. Um, he needed some food or supplies, something to that nature. I don't know, let me quote the Bible. And she, the husband, was drunk, tripping out, <laughs> being disrespectful to King David. And so she... um. She went before King David, like she met him halfway before he came to destroy her household. And she gracefully talked to him and spoke on her husband's behalf, like, forgive my foolish husband, you know, this, 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 that. I can't remember her name, but she defused the situation. She brought David's temperament down. And even her husband's foolishness, you know, he passed away and King David made her one of his wives. Okay, and then, you know, I mean, I'm just going through and I'm seeing how Eve, you know, was able to 
feed Adam the forbidden fruit. You know, even though God told him not to. And I'm not saying that she forced him to do it or anything, but she influenced him to eat it. Okay, he knew it was wrong. And maybe a little bit of his flesh wanted to see what that fruit was like. And she, you know, hey, eat this. And he did. I can think about Ahab and Jezebel, how Ahab, you know, went to his, you know, and he didn't go to his wife, but the wife saw how he was hurt and complaining because he wanted the garden of another's man. You know, he wanted to take the man's property. And she just, like, do you not know who you are? Like, the way she spoke with him and took over, you know, and took the man's stuff. Now, not took his, the man's stuff, but she, um, how did she do it? Help me fix it. She conspire against that man so that they can easily take this man land. She worked up a plan and everything and Ahab allowed it. He allowed this one to influence him to make it happen, to go for it. You know, he didn't stop her or anything. He just let her go and do it. Um, I think about Esther, how the king entrusted her and he was like, you know, because of her grace, because of her submission, because of her sweet tone, the way she moved and operate, you know, she never overstepped her boundaries with him. She never dominated him. She would gracefully come to him and wait for him to call on her to come in the room or to speak with him. Like, he would give her the scepter for her to grab and talk. And because of her ways, he was like, woman, you can have half the kingdom. <laughs> like, you have whatever you want. Because he just loved her so much. He just, he favored her that much. He trusted her that much. I think about Ruth and Boaz. You know, because of her her characteristic, because of her gracefulness, because of her loyalty to her mother-in-law, the way that she cared for her mother-in-law, the way that she went out and worked for hers. It gave Boaz, Boaz showed her favor. And pretty much was like, you can have whatever you want. Pretty much, you know. When you go to the, uh, you go to Proverbs, Proverbs 31. And you just see how the man who is a great leader amongst the other leaders, you know. Like, everybody respect this man. And this man respect and praises his wife. Her children praises her. You know. It doesn't say she's manly, she's mean, she's dominant. No. She's nurturing, she's caring, she takes care of the household, she makes sure her husband and children are warm, she makes sure that they are fed, she even takes care of her maid servants, you know, that would be like her, probably like her nannies and her maid, you know what I'm saying, like, the helps, the people that work for her in her home, she took care of them, she was a godly woman, okay, and she was honored amongst her husband and her family. They praised her. You know, and there's many other women in the Bible that this, because of the way God has made us and the way that they follow the Lord and worship God and that God guide them, that they have favor among their family. And I'm just like, Lord, just thank you for that. Like, I've, I've hear men um, leaders, minister, you know, business owners who are like, you know, 
they got their woman on their side, you know, and they like, yeah, she the one who helped me get this business started because of her worship, because of her prayer life, it made me want to seek God. Because of the way she studied the word, it made me want to go into the word and see what she was, you know, what, what, what's got her in it like this, you know, the way she walked. It made me want to see what, it, what was her walking all about. The way she talked to me, the way she encouraged me, the way she built me up just made me just love her for life. The way she talked to my inner man, the way she prayed for me, the way she prayed for my children just made me want her more. And I'm like, man, what God? It just made me go in. I just started praying like, Lord, help me to be her. I want to be that type of woman that her children, her husband, even her stepchildren, they just, they love her because she's safe, because she's caring, because she's nurturing, because she's warm, because she's sweet, because she's full of grace and mercy. She's, she's the how can I say this? The embodiment of God in Jesus Christ. The loving side of God. The sweet side of God. The nurturing side of God. You know, the nurturing side of Jesus. Jesus, um, when he used to be with his disciples, I want to say it was, was it John? Yes, it was John, the one he loves. <laughs> John would lay on his on his chest. It was nothing gay about it. And Jesus would allow him to lay on his chest while he would talk, while they would eat. They all would lean on him like that. He was their safe space. And we as women, we have that. Men have that too. They possess that that nurturing side, that soft side too. That protecting side. I don't know about any other woman, but it's, I can say when you're laying on your husband's chest, your man's chest, it's like you want to just snuggle under, you know? And he wrap his big old arms around you, or he may be skinnier than you, you know, he wrap a little skinny arm around you. I don't care how small he is, it's just something safe about being wrapped in the man's arm. And I'm sure for a man, it feels the same way when he's wrapped in his woman's arm, you know, when he's laying on her lap. When he is leaning on her, when he ha- has had a hard day at work, when he feels that the world is being all on him, he gets to come home and lay on his woman's, you know, breast or her lap. He don't even have to say nothing. She's just there to caress his head, massage his head, rub his, his body down, rub his shoulders down. So we have that kind of influence. We have that, you know. And that's something I continue to strive to be, and that's going to always be my prayer for the rest of my life, that my family, you know, will consider me their safe space, you know. They can come to me about anything, and they don't have to say anything. They don't have to say much. They don't have to talk. They can just sit in silence and lay right on my bosom or on my lap, and that's that. Let me tell you something about God. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, okay? Most times, 
you don't have and not just woman of God, it could be the man of God, okay? It doesn't matter. When you're a child of God, you have discernment. Okay. He gives you wisdom and understanding. He has you to see past what you can actually naturally see and hear. So sometimes your family member, your loved ones, or someone that you're trying to do deliverance for or healing for, they don't have to speak out. God will reveal the things that they're going through and suffering from. Okay? He will let you know. They don't have to say much. When you're doing deliverance um, ministry and you stand before a person, and most of the time you already know this person has fear, shame, um, they're feeling guilty, they have um, self-condemnation, they don't really want to be exposed, anything. So um, you don't have to have them say like what they feel and what they're going through. You know, you don't have to. You can just stand before them and be like, okay. And you can just pray for them. And you can tell them to pray as well. And they don't even have to open their mouth. They don't have to pray out loud for God to hear them. They can pray within the inside. All you got to do is just be there. Either lay hands on them, hold them, hug them. You know, let them know that God is there. He hears them and just pray over them. Okay? And when it comes to your family, your children, your husband, he will reveal what they're going through and what they're facing. So they don't have to say out loud what they're going through and what they're dealing with. God will reveal. Not everything, you know? But some things and most things he will. You know, to where you can hear your husband sigh just a, and you already know what that is. And you just, either a baby, I made you something to eat, drink, you know, and he may say, I don't feel like doing that right now. And, okay, let's watch, let's sit right here and watch some TV. Or let's sit right here and listen to some, some music. Certain songs and instruments. Let me help you, you know, unwind your mind. And you don't have to say nothing, baby. Just lay right here. You wanna you wanna sit under the moon and the stars? Get us a blanket and just chill and just look up at the sky and allow the wind to just smack us in the face. And we just sit out here on the porch, whatever. Your kids too, baby, you okay? You had a rough day at school? Life hitting you hard? Let's, let's go outside for a minute. Let's go to the nail shop. <laughs> let's go get something to eat. Let's go shopping. Let's just get out. Let's just go. Your husband, too. We can go get a uh, a pedicure, get our toes done. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with getting your toes done. You can even get your nails done. And you ain't got to get no acrylic, no fake nails or anything. But me and you, we just, we just here on our little date. You feel me? We just getting our nails done together. I'm getting the acrylic, you know, I, I like a little long nails. And he's just, you know, getting the little gloss on his hands, you know. But he's getting the massage and everything else like that. We can go on the spa date. Okay. Now, if you just want to do the spa day at home and we take care of about each other, that's perfectly fine. Okay. It might be even more fun because, you know, 
we get to do extra, you know. But every now and then, you know, we might be both too tired to massage each other. Let's go to, you know, to a spa parlor and just, you know, get taken care of. How about that? In our robes. So why not? <laughs> but what I'm just saying is that I just, we as women, we really do have an influence on our household. With not just our household and with our children and the husband, but with our family too. Especially, especially if you like the one family um, member that's just seem to just be able to take charge that God has given you the gift to be a leader within your family and your family members they come to you your sisters come to you your mother may even confide you know with you about what she's going through and you know God just always seems to just give you ideas to how to move the family forward and you know you get to be you know the one that's talking the most in the family meetings with your siblings I'm not talking about within your household but just with your family family you know this is going on with mama this is going on with daddy this is what's going on with brother sister cousin what what are we gonna do and god just gifted you to be the leader of that that tribe not saying that you're better than anyone not saying that he can't use nobody else in that tribe in your family to speak up and 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 share ideas or whatever or not no but you're the one who seemed to always be open for god or to be able to hear god the most you're the one who's walking with god you're the one who's allowing god to lead you in your life you're the one who got the oil in your purse you're the one who oiling the family down when they're sleeping you're the one who up at midnight or 3 p.m praying over the house and touching doorknobs and everything else like that then if you like me baby i <laughs> I never thought I would be this type of woman. But y'all should see me outside sometimes. Sometimes it'd be early morning. I got my robe on, whatever. And I am oiling outside my house. Y'all. I'm not lying. I'm oiling outside my window. Everything. I'm outside the front door just praying and, and dumping oil. Not a whole bunch, but you know, sprinkling oil outside my, my doors. I'm that kind of woman. <laughs> and I never thought, and it's so crazy. You know, I used to laugh at videos and people would say, oh, my mom be up all night praying and touching our foreheads and oiling us up and doing this and doing that. And, you know, I used to really laugh at that just to be, a, just to become one, become that type of woman that does that. Like, my family, my mother and them, they're so used to it. Like, they don't even get bothered. When they see me with the oil, they immediately stick their head out because they already know I'm coming for you. Ain't no, ain't no, if there's a button. You can't, ain't no denying it. No, come on. I'm about to touch you, rub you down. And I don't just stop at the head. Sometimes I do the arms, I do the legs, I'll do the feet. I'll get down. I get down. I guess I don't care. Because I want to anoint my family. God has taught me that he raised me to be that way. And it's nothing special about the oil. It's just the the act of doing it. Of you actively, you know, expressing, you putting an anointing the family. It's showing what's going on in the spiritual realm. If you don't got oil, you just laying hands. You know, you can do that. 
But there's times where God would just tell you to anoint because he, he wants maybe other people to see the visual, you know, of what's actually happening in the spiritual realm. Like when my brother was, you know, in the hospital, you know, unconscious. And at first I was kind of like, I didn't want to oil his body in front of the nurse, you know, because it's, it's, it's intimate, it's private, but I, I'm not kidding you. When I was in the middle of doing it, the doctors came in there, the dialysis nurse came in there, the kidney nurse, I mean, not the dialysis, excuse me, the kidney nurse um, came in there, the other nurses came in, um, it was just like a room full of people and they didn't say anything to me. They let me be free. They let me do it. And I was like, I didn't really want to because everybody's watching me. But I'm like, forget it. My brother's need, he need this. My, my God told me to come in here and do this. Had me to pray out loud and not just pray for my brother, but to pray for each and every nurse and provider that was laying their hands or touching my brother's body who had... Um, to be a part of his case like he had me to pray for them and they were so kind and they allowed it they were so generous and acceptive of it they received it they were smiling they were so happy they were so cool with this so every time I came in to go in there to pray over my brother because he was down for a minute and they would come in the room and I'm just going and pray right for him like I'm gonna pray with y'all y'all coming in this room you're gonna get prayed for okay and or they'll come closer to the room with their computers you know and I'm like wow God okay that's how I knew then I'm like oh this sickness is not it wasn't for my brother it was for others it was for um the doctors the providers that lack faith I know what we're up against I know what medicine is saying what science is saying i get it i know you've been in school for a very long time i know you have had patience in this condition and it turned out this way but i'm telling you what my god is about to do i'm telling you that my brother gave god a yes i'm telling you that my brother is up in heaven talking to my father god right now and they're discussing about what he's going to do when he comes back down here i'm telling you he's going to wake up and baby it came to pass he woke up and everything shocked the heck out them doctors he's a miracle I know he is because that's my daddy my God I talked to my brother I'm like when he first woke up like did you talk to God he was like yep me and Jesus at the table what now when I was saying these things to the doctors I I don't the spirit, it was the spirit in me that was possessing me to say these things. Because me in the natural, how you know what God is doing? How you know? How you know God is going to do this? And I'm going to tell you this, because the Bible says so. And God would let me know. When I would worry, he would take me to different passages of the Bible. He'll let me know, this is what's going on in this season. This is what's about to happen. This is what's about to come. And I just have faith to know Lazarus is about to awaken. Lazarus is just sleeping. He's not dead. Hallelujah.
They thought I was crazy. They thought I was a religious freak. Them doctors was doubting. And my daddy got proved them wrong. He showed them who he was. And because, because, because I had that faith for my brother, there was another woman of God who was a famous preacher. She was going through the same circumstances with her father. And the doctors told her that, you know, there was pretty much nothing that they can do for her father. And I told my sister in Christ, count it all joy, sis. That means it's all in God's hand. He's about to show up and show out. And baby... He did. Daddy was up and moving. Okay? He defeated the odds. This sugar said it if I should Jesus, I thank you. I want to say sorry, but I'm not going to say sorry for this. I'm not. But we as women, we have influence. We have power. And we don't have to be hard and harsh we can be what god created us to be we are helpmates for our husband for our children for our family we are like a lighthouse okay we ain't moving or anything we're just standing still and shining light to show people how not to crash into you know the the cliff of the of the of the um of the mountain or of earth, you know, you out in the sea, it's dark, you can't see anything, there ain't no light pole, street lights out in the sea, you know, so I got this lighthouse right here to show you how far you can come and go, I'm right here so you can see, you, you're coming a, across land, you about to hit land, be careful, beware, can you see now, we just there to shine light, <laughs> hallelujah, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to get off this thing. I'm about to get off this thing. But yeah, we just had good conversations. Women, we got it. We are great influencers. We, oh, Jesus, thank you. I'm about to get off. I love y'all so much. I'm praying for y'all. Jesus is good. He's real. He's awesome. He's a miracle worker. He's still bringing the dead to life. Hallelujah. His word is real. His living water is true. Read it. Thank you, God. I thank you even for my pastor for just, you know, speaking on the word, just teaching me the word and showing me the word. I thank him for it. Like, God bless him and his family. Just thank you, Jesus, for everything. I'll get y'all in a good Bible-based church house, home. Get in there where the man of God, the woman of God is leading you to the Bible and she's leading you and he's leading you to God. You know what I'm saying? And Oh, Jesus, they've been used by him. Get get into that, in that, that kind of environment. It may take some time for you to find a church home, but God will lead you in the right way if you depend on him and lean on him. When you go into the home, can you feel the presence, that church home, can you feel the presence of God? 
I know the members may not always be nice. Some may be mean. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we as church members, okay, we, we, we're human, okay? And we can allow the enemy to use us. We're flawed. We're imperfect, okay? So you may not have a, meet a good usher or, oh, a doorkeeper, you know, it may be a little rough and tough. But when you sit in that, in that, in that church home, how, how is the environment? How's the atmosphere? Is it welcoming? Even though you may have met an unwelcome person or host, how, how's, how's the angel of the house is? The angel of the house is the leader, the pastor, the preacher. How is he? How is she? That's how you go about that, okay? And I'm about to get off, so I go in with my daddy God, okay? And this is Porch Talk Real Talk with Dom. I love y'all so much. Take it easy. Talk to you soon if God is willing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Push Talk Real Talk with Dom. Hello, everyone. How y'all doing out there? I hope all is well and going good and great. These birds are chirping and it's got me all excited and calm. I just appreciate it so much. You all, I want to talk to you all about dreams and how it is important that you go to the Father when you have dreams or visions, that you seek Him and get confirmation, understanding, and wisdom when it comes to these dreams because these dreams can be very, very tricky, okay? And the enemy, he don't come to play. He played too much, but he don't come to play. He gets on my nerves, okay? And when I have these type of dreams where some of it is true, some of it they're real then it's like it's distorted and it's perverted and I'm just like man this ain't of God but there's certain parts of that dream that's it and so I have to go to him and say okay God what this dream means because I know that part of the dream is not of you it's wicked it's evil and it's perverted you wouldn't send me something like that so what is it is it something that I'm doing? Is it something that I'm watching or listening to? Is it something from my subconscious that I'm not aware of? What is this? And why is this in here? Right? And so when I have dreams like that, it immediately takes me to um, the parable of the uh, the wheat and tares. You know, the man sows in his yard, you know, sees a wheat, wheat, okay? And then the enemy comes while the man is sleeping and so tears or what we would call today uh, weeds you know the weeds in the yard that just naturally grow he sold something like that and so the person wouldn't know that the the tears slash uh, weeds are in the garden or in his yard until they start to grow together and he can see the difference between his wheat and what the enemy sowed Right. And even in that mist, there's a certain time and period where he can't pluck it because if he plucked the tears out from amongst the wheat, he'll accidentally, in a way, pull out the the wheat. And so it makes me think of my dream because in my dreams, I want to throw the whole dream away. But I can't because there is some truth within some of that distortion or confusion that the enemy had also plot in my dream. Right, and so I have to really go to God, like, All right, God, what is it about this dream that you want me to take from it and what you want me to actually throw away? What is not of you to toss 
and he usually does it like right away sometimes it takes time to get that confirmation or to get the answer but for the most part i can immediately throw it away right because i really know what's from god and what's not in the enemy again he's wicked he's evil he he tries to um throw fear in your dreams and things like that so you know all kind of things in your dreams and so let me give you an example so saturday um as i took a nap you know because i had pulled an all-nighter and so my brother um in the midst of me sleeping he woke me up and was like oh you know i'm thinking about going shopping whoop, 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 whoop. i'm like oh yeah i want to go like i would like to go right and he was like, all right, cool. All right, I'll let you know if I go. So I ended up falling asleep. And in my um, in my sleep, I dreamed of um, my sister-in-law, you know, renting a, renting a car and them going shopping. Um, my nephew was even in a dream and all. And so I'm like, you know, all right, cool, you know. So they went shopping without your girl. Had me upset. Okay. And, you know, I ended up coming into their living room where they were and they had bags. So I was upset. Like, oh, man, I went shopping without me. Like, I wanted to go shopping, blah, 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 blase, blase, blase. So in the next dream that I had within that dream, I was in my room and, um, I, I believe I was tidying up the room. I'm not sure exactly what I was doing in that room. Um, and it wasn't my room room as of today. But it was in a different room. But it was my bedroom. And so a voice came to me and was like, your kingdom spouse is next door. So as I look out the window, I realized that it's a trap house. A trap house is a, a house that, you know, drug dealers you know, do they drugs and sell their drugs or whatever, or those who use drugs, they come in there and, you know, do their drugs in there, you know? So I'm thinking to myself, like, why would my kingdom spouse be in a trap house? Why would he even be involved in this? So in my dream, I'm thinking these things and trying to figure out, like, maybe he's, he's there or he goes there because he's trying to win souls and minister to people. Maybe this is his past life. Maybe, um, I'm, I'm the one who's going to help him to get out of this type of environment. And I'm thinking, um, in my dream though, I'm thinking like, but why would I have to help him be converted into the man of God when God has already told me that he was already a man of God. This is kind of weird and confusing. But the voice in the dream was like, this is him. This is him. So I'm like, mm, all right. So he pulls up in a Monte Carlo, the ones from the early 2000s, the, the two-door silver one, okay? He comes out. This man has a ponytail, got a gun on his, on his waist side, you know, in his pocket, I mean, in his pants. And... You know, he's just a full, full blown gangster, gangster. And I'm like, oh no, like, God already know, like, I don't want to raise a man. I don't want a man that's into this type of thing. Or, you know, I want my man to be a man of God already that, 
you know, I'm just flowing with him and we're just flowing together in Christ. Like, this is totally opposite of the conversations and the revelations I already received from God about my kingdom spouse. So I immediately woke up like, that's some tomfoolery. That's some bullcrap. That dream, what a waste. That was whack. That is not of God. So I wrote it out, prayed about it and everything. So my daughter and I, we started talking and I'm sharing my dream to her. Like, yeah, I had a dream about a counterfeit of my kingdom um, husband. Um, also had a dream that Boo Boo, who is my brother, you know, I call him Boo Boo, that they went shopping without me. And she was like, um, yeah, mom, they did. <laughs> I'm like, huh? She said, yeah, they went shopping. When I tell y'all the way I felt in my dream, I was feeling at that moment, I was so hurt. Like, they left your girl. They went shopping without me, the whole family in the rental car. They went out. They, what? But nephew... The way it was in my dream is what it, how it was in real life. And so when they came home, y'all, they had bags. <laughs> I was so bothered. <laughs> I was so mad. And so, again, in that dream, there was some lies, my counterfeits. And then there was some actual truth of what was actually happening while I was actually sleeping. They actually went shopping without me and came home with bags. And when I left out the room, I actually saw bags. So, I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, the devil is tricky. He don't play fair. He's foul. He's perverted. He's nasty. And he's wicked. He just gets on my nerves. And so, um, Sunday morning, I get confirmation again with my kingdom spouse. And me and him, we're like bonding without physically like touching. I believe I mentioned it before, like me and my kingdom spouse, we can communicate without actually have to physically communicate without having to talk. We could just look at one another, just be in the presence of one another and just get an understanding that we know, that we know, that we know, right? Or what it is and what it ain't, but what it really is between us. We just have that bond. So it was so amazing. It was it was it was beautiful and so god had created a moment to where we actually was able to intertwine with one another and it wasn't perverted and this is the thing when me and my kingdom spouse are in front of one another when we are you know in each other's presence it's not perverted it's not full of lust it's not wicked it's not even evil it's pure Excuse me, Father God, I just thank you for the gift of this sermon. I thank you for wisdom and knowledge and understanding in you. I thank you for the truth. I thank you for the light. I thank you for um, even allowing us to have dreams. And I thank you for even showing us our future and what's actually going on and happening. And I just thank you for giving us the discernment to see when the devil um, soul tears and weeds amongst the seeds of wheat that you give us, those weeks of promises, those weeks of truth, Father God, the weeks of revelation of what's to come and what is. I just thank you again for even allowing us to be able to come to you and share our dreams with you and you just answer us and give us confirmation of what is and what's not. Father God, I am praying over the listeners and that you cover their dreams and that you give them discernment, Father God, and help us to live right and be right and help us to 
protect our eye gates and air gates and to watch what we eat because even the things that we eat, what we listen to and what we watch can also actually distort our dreams. So, Father God, help us to stay pure. Help us to be righteous in you. Help us to lean on you and to go to you for every single thing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, again, with me and my kingdom spouse, this is not perverted. Yes, I'm attracted to this man. Okay, I, I, my kingdom spouse is fine. Okay, not fine, fine. He's fine to me. Like, ooh, he's finger lick, licking good. Okay, he's everything that I, I want in a man, right? But when I'm with him, my hoochiness, my sexual desires, it does not come out. Because it's so pure in between us two. It's so godly in between us two. It's like God in the middle of it. And I love that. And I'm not saying that, you know, if he was in a room by ourselves together, if that, you know, self-control, you know, <laughs> would be strong because of how attracted I am to him. But when we do link up, it's nothing perverted. Right, but in my dreams, when the enemy sends the counterfeits, it's lust, it's perversion, it's immoral, it's it's wicked, it's evil, it's extremely sexual, totally opposite of the connection and what me and my kingdom spouse have when we actually see each other and connect with one another. Okay, so yesterday, me and him we connected so well. And like I said, we had a moment where we were able to get close. And he immediately calmed me down. It was like I can stay in his presence at that moment forever. It was not this sexual. It was so sweet. And I just wanted to hold on for there. I just wanted to hold on. I didn't want to, I really didn't want to let go. But I had to let go. And I was like. Why aren't my dreams like this? Like, okay, let me tell you this. When he is in my dreams, it's like that. When my actual kingdom spouse comes in my dream, it's sweet like that. Or it's some warfare, you know. But when the, the devil sends the counterfeits of these fake kingdom spouses of random men and some of my exes, it's always perverted and wrong. We are fighting, it's sexual, it's full of lust, it's never godly, it's never pure. And that's how I can tell the difference now, you know. At first it was kind of confusing. But now it's like, oh, okay, I know oh, I know who sent you. I know what this is. And so I just want to let y'all know, like, go to God with your dreams and know that the enemy don't, he don't play fair. Because though me and my kingdom spouse, we had an amazing morning you know, connecting and being in each other's presence. I had a dream last night, early this morning, however you want to, you know, say it, of a counterfeit, full of lust, not my kingdom spouse, not what God has said and revealed to me of who my kingdom spouse is, not in the same mannerism, okay? The, king, the, the counterfeit is totally opposite of my kingdom spouse, total the mannerism everything is different like again my attraction 
overall to my kingdom spouse is because of his 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 wisdom, his gentleness, and his sense of humor and his spontaneousness, right? Because he's like opposite of me. I'm like I'm strict on like routines, like I'm always doing the same thing, like over and over and over. Like if it works for me, I'm sticking to it. And when it comes to my kingdom spouse, like he's a risk risk a risk taker <laughs> and he's very spontaneous. He'll be like, Let's go do this. Let's go be that. Let's this 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 and I'm like, Oh, okay, he keeps me on my toes, but in a good way, in a loving way, and I love that about him. Because again, I can I feel like I could be boring. My kingdom spouse is not boring. Okay? Like, I don't know what I'm going to get when I meet him. And I love that about him. Because he's he's very, how can I say it? Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's versatile. You just don't know. His personality is just, it's fire. He's fire. You know, and me, it's like, oh, this works for me. This is how we're going to do it. This is how it's going to be. I'm going this way. I'm going to always go this way. And he's like, switch it up. And it just, it, it keeps life going for me. <laughs> so that stuff like that ain't nothing perverted about that. What I just mentioned. But in these dreams with these dudes, it's, it's wicked. Okay. Ugh, the enemy just gets on my nerves. He's trying to sow discord, a distortion, a confusion after what my God has promised me. And I'm telling you, it's like every time I get close to my promise, when it, me and my promises are getting closer and I'm getting blessed, here he comes with mess, wicked dreams and visions, thoughts, just wild out. Oof. Y'all stay strong now and take your dreams and visions to God. Don't believe everything that you dream about to be true. Discern it. You know, let God help you to tear out the, or pluck out the tears in the weeds amongst your weeds of promises and truth and your confirmation, okay? And that's all I got. And this is Push Out. We'll talk with God. Talk to you soon if God is willing.